0: That was one of those DVDs my high school had that it was just like, I don't feel like teaching today. Great debaters. Here you go. Like watch that in so many different (laughs) classes.
1: Welcome to another episode of My name is Brandon Sparks.
0: And I'm Thomas Horton.
1: And here on Sin we discuss film genres and the tropes and stories within them. And this month we are discussing summer movies. We've done our first part talking about Stand By Me and we're going to be going to keep diving into this genre. Uh, before we kind of dive into today's movie, Thomas, what did we talk about last week when discussing Stand By Me and kind of the, the summer genre?
0: Uh, we talked about kind of the look of, of Stand By Me, especially kind of the, the, the golden yeah. glows of it and, and how it captures the feel of summer, which I think we'll we'll see again this week. Um, we also talked about how uh, kind of the themes that become important in summer films, a lot of them being friendship, uh, coming of age. Um, we, we specifically talked about how Stand By Me kind of became the template for summer films with 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 a lot of films like now and then and and sandlot and these other Mm -hmm. ones that are just kind of like this is this one specific group of friends that i had at a very important time of my life that really helped me become the person i am today and that's that's kind of its own subculture of summer movies i guess or or really just kind of the that's kind of the typical summer movie and Mm -hmm. and everything else kind of falls into that um and we'll we'll see some of that come in uh, today as well. Um, and we also talked about kind of the way that time feels different in a summer movie. Um, you know, with the one with Stand By Me, what we talked about, it really takes place over what like forty eight hours.
1: Yeah, literally like two days, basically. Yeah. Uh, so which, which is what we're gonna labored kind labored
0: of yeah. gonna see here as well. And 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 we talked about at the end of Stand By Me how they talk about you know they were only gone for two days, but when they came back, it felt like a completely different town um and 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 kind of summer and summer movies have the ability to slow down time and to make a very specific time span feel feel kind of epic almost and 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 that that's present in a lot of the the summer films that you see that this just this kind of trying to capture the way that when you were a kid the summer felt like it lasted forever and and, you know Mm -hmm. looking back now and you're like oh it's two months like as an adult two months go by in the blink of an eye um we we're, were just sitting here trying to map out podcasting for the next two months and it's just like oh yeah and then and then oh yeah it's
1: gonna be october soon yeah, it's gonna yeah it's gonna exactly be november and we gotta do
0: that yeah but when you're a kid it was like those were the most important two months of the year and and it felt yeah. that way
1: yeah because when you're younger it's like time moves at a different pace everything feels longer that's the whole thing is when you get older like everything like, time moves faster well because you have more time to compare it to mm-hmm. when you're thirteen to to even eighteen or whatever, like time is a little bit slower because you haven't been on the world as long. Um, but yeah, when when talking about what's interesting about summer movies too, we we were kind of discussing all that, with the kind of the coming of age tales, I there's definitely like rites of passage in a lot of summer movies. And that's apparent also in coming of age movies, but I feel like it's even more so in in these summer movies that we're talking about if it's like we talked about last week with kind of the um the the going on the journey together for the first time or like crossing the trestle and those types of rites of passage or whatever or with this one you have kind of with everybody wants some today um you have almost like the party idea of like rites of passage what they're doing and all Mm -hmm. these different things um and we'll talk about more sandlot as well uh next week but yeah that's that's kind of appearance within the genre. And when also talking about these kind of um, I think almost autobiographical tales a lot of time with summer movies from the creator. You can feel like that the person who's making it similar to just say a coming of age movie, is that you can feel the filmmaker behind it and there's some authenticity to what's going on. Whether that be stand by me going on the journey or whatever today with going to college in Texas or whatever, or even um even like Adventureland, I think about. Mm-hmm. Like uh with Jesse Eisenberg. I think Greg Matola directed it, I think who did it. Um, but that feels very much like a lived in world. Like someone someone did that for the summer, basically. It's it's a mm-hmm. relatable experience. Um and I, and this one really with talking about everybody once in the day, like this one we'll talk about later towards the end it like really hit me I was like oh yeah I remember these specific things even though I went to college in the 2010s it was still like you latched onto something that was there from a movie about 1980 in college Mm -hmm. there's something kind of relatable and authentic to it all um so yeah that's kind of some uh recap but also some I guess preview of the, the rest of the month and today's episode so Thomas what are we talking about today
0: Today we're talking about Everybody Wants Some, written and directed by Richard Linklater in 2016.
1: The reason we did this month.
0: <laughs> the reason we did this month. A movie that, as as we'll see, I think needs a little bit more love, but um, yes, we'll give it to it today. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Don't wanna don't wanna show our hand. Uh, set at a college in Texas in 1980, Everybody Wants Some follows a group of baseball players, including three young freshmen. Who are exploring their newfound freedom in the weekend before college starts? Stars a lot of one of one of uh, Linklater's trademark ensemble casts, including uh, Blake Jenner, Tyler Hetchlin, Zoe Deutsch, Wyatt Russell, and Glenn Powell, who we will discuss at length.
1: we will discuss at length yes
0: like i said written and directed by Linklater and cut by his uh longtime editor sandra adair which i think mm-hmm. is important as well because it really gets that link leader feel to it yeah throughout
1: the, the almost like stream of consciousness type vibe in mm-hmm. a way like it's just kind of we're going from place
0: to place so brandon what is what is a you have a longer past with everybody wants something i do so i
1: do weirdly enough because i was thinking about this i was like you know, I was there opening day for this movie in theaters, which is like, I know the box office numbers, which was a rare thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to opening day um, at like a local, I think the local AMC, not too far from me or something. And because I remember, I think I po- it was when I was like posting on Facebook at time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to this movie or whatever, because I did that those first few years living in L.A. And I remember I saw it, and I was like, oh, that was good. That was, like, it definitely fit with the spiritual sequel type vibe of Dazed and Confused, which is kind of what, what Linklater was pitching in a lot of the earlier, like, discussions of, like, what the project was. It was a spiritual sequel to, like, Dazed and Confused and Boyhood and a mixture of that. And so I really liked it because I remember I got, like, I got, like, a text message from one or two different people asking me, like, hey, like, is that worth seeing? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's totally worth seeing. Like, I think if you love – if you like Dazed and Confused – you will automatically like this movie. It kind of feels like, I think in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'd watched it then. At, at it's opening run was somewhat surprised. It didn't do as well as it did. So a little bit of a spoiler of what's going to happen at the end of this, I assume. Um, but yeah. And so I, I really enjoyed it. And then we revisited it, revisited the movie. Uh, I think two years ago now, which is crazy to When uh, we did our link later episode right, right at the beginning of COVID or right around the time of the beginning of COVID uh, we did our Texas month so I've seen it a, a couple times now and I think it's one that also kind of improves upon every viewing mm-hmm. I, I have no I think I think my love of it has grown ever since that first uh that first viewing because I remember I, I'll, I'll talk about this later a little bit with certain people I had like certain thoughts of it in the first viewing and then now it's it's kind of grown stronger in this and this this last viewing uh but what about you what's kind of your history with this movie,
0: I, I did not see it in theaters, despite being a huge Linklater fan and a huge Days to Confuse fan, because the trailer was awful. <laughs> it it wasn't it was good. a terrible, I terrible trailer. It, I that I And, that. and I, I do remember like seeing the trailer and being like, "Ugh, that! How did how did that turn out so bad?" And then and then I I do remember saying, I think to you, like, you know, in hindsight, like, I don't know how I would cut a trailer for Days to Confuse. Like, you know, how do yeah. you? How do you cut a trailer for a link later movie but yeah. um it was just it just looked bad in the trailer and they cut like some of the going back and watching the movie now i remember like what dumb jokes they put into the trailer and it's even like in the movie they're dumb like that there's the one joke yeah. where um where uh, i think they call him plumber the the, yeah. one Iron of the plumber
1: i believe yeah, yeah, one, yeah.
0: Of, one of the freshmen does that like i've got your joke right here and like in the movie the point of the joke is like whoa that was a really dumb joke what this kid's so stupid and but it's just like played off in the trailer like it's supposed to be funny (laughs)
1: yeah yeah
0: and so yeah that kind of turned me off of it and and then i i was one of the people who texted you and was like yo is this worth seeing and you you were like yeah yeah you know it it fits in it fits in with his 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 work and and all that kind of stuff and so um rented it at some point from cinephile and enjoyed it and then like kind of put it out of mind. And then it's just something that like, like
1: it lingers, it lingers, it lingers. especially yeah. around
0: summertime. Like every yeah. summer I find myself being like, I need to watch everybody wants some again. And that's, that's kind of why it, this, this month came together. Cause I, I, I yeah. really do. It is now turned into like once a summer it's, it's turned into the movie for me. You know, there's, there are all the, there are all, all these movies that kind of captured childhood summer but like i think this is really the only movie to really capture like college College summer summer yeah and it's and it's one that i revisit a lot now and and as we'll as we'll discuss moving forward of one specific very charismatic performance that gets better and better every time i come back to it
1: no yeah it it is one that it just it it really kind of sticks with you, i think because i i think when you look at a lot of letterboxes a lot of people i follow it's like almost all of them say like, I think I think I might like this more after a second or third viewing. Mm-hmm. Like almost everyone says like, oh I wish I I I, I want to see what kind of comes to me later on because I think I don't know if coming after Boyhood, people were expecting something on the level of Boyhood in a mm-hmm. way, um, in terms of am- ambition. Uh, And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, I think there is, there is like lineage to it with Boyhood, but it's definitely because I think like Boyhood, it's like, there's not really, and this is kind of Linklater's thing is like, there's not really like conflict or plot. Mm -hmm. And that's when talking about terms, like trying to cut a trailer, it's like, how do you cut this freewheeling story? About because like, it's it's like it's always going to kind of have this like comparisons like animal house in some way mm-hmm. and and then there it, there are like similarities for sure yeah but it, it definitely isn't fully yeah, animal it's, house it's vibes. In the animal house it's, it's in the animal house it's like it, it's 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 like the, it's against the jock version of of animal house in a way and I think too I think in one of the reviews you sent me talked about how like saying comparison to days is confused where days is confused you're looking at a lot of different social kind of groups and like clicks or whatever and then you're in different perspectives but in this one you're getting the perspective of one specific group of the mm-hmm. baseball players and you get other pieces later but you're looking at this perspective so some people were actually kind of turned off by that because like and some people were like oh they're like they're a bunch of douchebags like i don't want to just hang out with a bunch of douchebags but like i think that's the surface level of their characters. And mm-hmm. as they go in, you find out more and more, like, what's behind the facade of, like, I'm a baseball player. Yeah. Um, specifically with the one character we're going to talk about, I think, a lot.
0: Well, for, for those people, I also have to say, um, you probably were a douchebag in college. Everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no matter what group yeah, you're in. Exactly. You're, like, you're like either you're, you're a, a, a douchey jock or you're a pretentious, like, say, film person or artsy person. Yeah. Like, th- we all were like that in yeah. some way because um, you're because again what this movie is, is kind of all about too is like when you're going into college y- you still don't really have an identity yet in some way you're still trying to figure yourself out and that's what kind of this whole movie about with Blake with that with, with, Blake but Jake is like Jake is trying to figure himself out because he's not really full-on baseball guy but he's not the full-on like artsy creative guy mm-hmm. he's somewhere kind of in the middle and you have the people like glenn powell with the thin character or even willoughby wyatt russell's character they're the ones that are kind of pulling things out of jake mm-hmm. and kind of showing him you can be more than just like i'm gonna go pro yeah which is like the opposite of say like the Niles character where it's yeah. just like, I'm yeah, you all don't want to be Niles. Yeah. You don't want to be Niles. You don't want to be that guy. Um, But yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, that's our initial thoughts in this movie. It sounds like, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of what's going on in this, in this film Uh, is the thing.
0: All right. Well, let's dive into a little bit of the history. Okay. So Linklater remembers having the first draft of the script around 2005 Uh, It was just an idea. He was kicking around based on his own experience as a college baseball player at Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas. Um, If you know anything about Linklater, like we were just saying, this idea of kind of being in the liminal space between jock and and creative, that's kind of his whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just you just kind of meet him and he's just this texas boy and then he's got all the you watch his movies and you're like oh that idea has been floating around in his head the whole time we've been having this conversation um when this script was first kind of written and being shopped around was a notorious low point in Linklater's career his remake of bad news bears had kind of failed to capture critics in the way that his uh, school of rock had previously as a studio family film his 2006 film Scanner Darkly and Fast Food Nation both underperformed. And as we discussed on our podcast about him, his 2008 film Me and Orson Welles failed to make much of anything in theaters despite good reviews. And I believe, as we both said, a, being a pretty good movie.
1: I, I think it's actually one of his best. I think that's <laughs> like I think it's one of his most underrated films. I was talking to my buddy, my roommate, David, who comes on the show because he watched because I, I, I don't know if it's still on, but Criterion did like a link later mm-hmm series and that was one of them and he was like oh yeah it's like it's really good i'm like yeah it's 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 because the budget was so high and it was just too it was it needed it needed to be a smaller budget basically Mm -hmm. and maybe it would have been easier to kind of make its money back but it just it was kind of a big kind of bomb but yeah what's crazy because you're talking about kind of the low point but like he went from having like a pretty great high with School of Rock, but also Before Sunset. Mm -hmm. Like, I think School of Rock's 03 and Before Sunset's 04. And then it's just this low point also while making Boyhood, which I don't like to go into the whole time. It's kind of insane.
0: Um, It wouldn't be until returning to his Texas indie roots with 2011's Bernie, uh, Mm -hmm. followed by Trilogy Closer before midnight in 2013, and then seeing the technically mind-blowing boyhood in 2014 no matter what you have to say about the end product yeah. the uh the process was was the impressive part mm-hmm. um but after kind of that that run film financiers started to view link as a reliable indie voice again needless to say kind of during that period while the college baseball script was always kicking around at that point it was called that's what i'm talking about based on a line from uh days Con- and confused it was hard for link to get that off the ground yeah. especially you know kind of coming off of bad news bears you know if, yeah, if you're a producer yeah. the last thing you want is for link later come into your office and be like i got a baseball i got a movie. baseball movie yeah
1: <laughs> it's not bad news bears yeah. and and because bad news bears is i think when we kind of revisited a lot of his films it is one of his definitely lower points i think i remember i think the movie worked better when it went link later and it worked less when it went like we're remaking we Bad News Bears. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think there was a point where like if he could have just had like a full on clean slate, let me make just only a Bad News Bears a name, it would be probably be a better film. But because it's also trying to harken back to like these specific characters, these specific plot lines in the initial bad, the original Bad News Bears, it doesn't pan out as well.
0: But anyway, 2014 comes around. He's back on top. And Mm -hmm. Megan Ellison of Annapurna Pictures approaches Linklater about his next project. Uh, Boyhood had renewed Linklater's interest in this old script um, as the last 10 minutes of that movie had kind of captured the excitement of the first few hours of college before classes Mm -hmm. start when anything feels possible. And also that kind of first fleeting moment of college romance. It's all wrapped up in the last 10 minutes of that movie. It kind of ends on this cliffhanger of like. And now and what's college. What's going to happen?
1: Yeah, yeah. Now college. Yeah. It, it, it is. It is funny bringing that up. Cause like, yeah, it is kind of like a, a 10 minute version of everybody wants some mm-hmm. of like, he arrives at college, gets his stuff, meets his roommates, meets people there. And then goes on to this adventure of going out with these, these, or this girl and these two, other, his roommate and another girl and kind of have like a new experience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this whole, this whole movie is about.
0: Yeah. So while Linklater said he had always pictured, uh, the movie is a spiritual sequel to Jason Confused, a hangout movie about the freedom of summer and the promise of youth. It was mm-hmm. also in becoming a spiritual sequel to boyhood that the script really started taking shape in his mind. As we know from our previous Linklater episode, the most important part in the production process for him is casting. He yes. had uh, two criteria for this cast. They had to be actual athletes. He wanted didn't want anybody throwing any embarrassing looking pitches and they had to be college-aged. He, he wanted everybody to be authentically college. With that in mind, his casting team um, set out kind of looking at the up-and-coming actors in town. And they also s- emailed out to the theater and athletic departments of colleges across Texas. Oh, they wow. said Richard Linklater is making a baseball comedy and he wants athletes who can act. Uh, Jay Quentin Johnson, who plays Dale, uh, was in mm. college for musical theater at the time. His professor... Came to him and told him to audition, but Johnson was worried he wasn't athletic enough. He had played uh-huh. some basketball, but not even at a college level. And um, he t- he told his professor that, and his professor said, "You are you have the only athletic build of anyone in our musical theater program. <laughs> if anyone's going to make it in this it's in to the audition, it's going to be you." So he went and auditioned for it. Another guy uh, nabbed through the college open tryouts was Temple Baker, who played Dim, freshman plumber. Uh, he was a student at Vanderbilt who was originally from Austin and had played baseball at Austin High School. He uh, he jumped at the chance to audition for Linklater, who was a legend at Austin High. While Linklater hadn't gone to Austin High, it was a well-known rumor at Austin High School that Linklater had based the high school from Days Confused on that high school. Oh wow. Baker said when he stepped into the audition and said that he had played baseball at Austin High, Linklater said, Isn't that the school that thinks Days Confused is based on it? You know that's not true, right? <laughs> Baker responded with, honestly, sir, that's completely valid. And I sort of suspected that. But what I will tell you is that I'm going to walk out of here and tell every single person that you personally confirmed to me that Daisy Infused was, in fact, based on Austin High School. <laughs> uh, Baker wasn't even asked to read lines in his audition. They just asked him to tell some funny stories about his time at college. Uh, this was actually the first step in Linklater's um, auditioning process for the cast. Um, mm-hmm. They first would come in and just kind of talk yeah then if they made it through that round they would come in and read for every role link later didn't really he said he didn't really have the roles fleshed out enough to like put somebody in one role at that point so he'd have them come in and read for everything then he kind of would rewrite the roles based on who he liked from that process have them come back and audition for roles that he had kind of tailored to them with blake jenner who had been cast at that point as uh jake the main character so then they were kind of coming in doing these chemistry reads where they were also trying on specific roles for the first time and then if you made it that far then you had to submit a tape of you playing baseball
1: <laughs> oh man wouldn't you hate to get to that round where you're like <laughs> i just can't play baseball oh, man
0: i've been lying this whole time i can't play baseball <laughs>
1: No, it's funny you bring that up, because I I listened to a podcast recently where they're talking to Tom Cruise and Christian McQuarrie about doing Mission Impossible, and they actually have a very similar, Cruise, he has a very similar approach to casting actors, because again, with Cruise, even though he's not a director, he's still, he's a very uh, big creative force in the project, it's still a Tom Cruise movie, and he's like, oh yeah, we like casting actors, and then writing and tailoring the role to that actor, Mm -hmm. so that's going off Glenn Powell as hangman and, and Maverick where he's like, yeah, there wasn't much on the page, but it kind of morphed into something else, especially when like Glenn Powell got on board. We tailored it for, for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what uh, Jay Quentin Johnson said when he first read for Dale, he was like, there's like nothing here. Yeah. Like, and he had read for all these characters and, and then they were like, Hey, we want you to come back and read for Dale again. And he was like, Oh man, that was like a kind of a nothing role. And then they like, Handed in the pages that and, and Link later was like, Hey, I rewrote Dale for you, basically. Try yeah. this out. And he was like, Oh, wow, okay. It's Much here better. now. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, so Baker said, you know, he came in the first time. He was really nervous because he had never auditioned for anything before. And he didn't know. He said, you know, at that point I didn't know how weird it was that I didn't have any lines yet. And I came in and then they were just like, tell me about, tell me about college. And he said he just like was having a blast. And so he walked out and a friend of his had come to the audition with to audition as well. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, man, you're going to love it. It's great. It's so easy um, that you just have to tell him like fun stories. So his friend went in after him and he came out like frowning and he was like, dude, what's up? And his friend said, they just asked me about you the whole time. So he was <laughs> like, that's when he kind of knew something good was going on.
1: Yeah. Sucks for you, buddy, but good for me. is is the thing.
0: So not all the young men cast were actual college students, but they almost all had athletic backgrounds. Uh, Justin Street, who played Jay Niles, is the younger brother of pro baseball player Houston Street and played baseball at UT in two years of minor league baseball before moving to L.A. to become an actor. Uh, Wyatt Russell, who was cast to play Willoughby, played professional hockey for several years before moving to acting and was still required to submit a tape of himself Pitching a baseball to his brother Oliver before he would be considered. Um, Um, Ryan Guzman, who played team co-captain Roper, was a former pro MMA fighter and dancer who had come up in the Step Up movies. Oh, wow. Um, Austin Amelio, who played Nesbitt, uh, was a former pro skater from the Austin scene. And then one person with an acting and baseball background who was not getting called to audition was Tyler Hetchlin. He was a child actor with a memorable starring role in the film road to perdition. Hedgeland Mm -hmm. had acted into his teens, including a stint on seventh heaven before choosing to go to college and playing baseball for university of Arizona and UC Irvine, uh, much like Wyatt Russell's, uh, father, Kurt Russell, who was a child actor who choose, chose to go to college and play baseball and take a break. Um, he had had a stellar college career before returning to acting for the MTV Teen Wolf series, and he was a little hurt that he hadn't gotten the call for the show. He asked his manager if he they thought he was going to go get to come in for a part, and they said, "We actually already reached out, and they told us you were too old." Uh, Echlin was really hurt by this and yeah. <laughs> um, asked his manager if there was any way to get to reach out to Linklater and get him to consider. And his manager said, you know what? If you write a message out, I will pass it along, and we'll see if it gets to Linklater. So Hedgson sat down and watched uh, Linklater's 2008 baseball documentary, Inning by Inning, mm-hmm. and pulled quotes is it from te- the doc. Te- is,
1: it the te- is it the Texas coach or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, about yeah. A, coach,
0: a legendary coach at UT.
1: Yeah.
0: And kind of pulled quotes from the documentary, wrote an email to Linklater about his passion for baseball and acting, he said he just sent it to his manager without even reading over it. He just wrote it from the heart, sent it to his manager, and said, send that to Link later. And next thing he knew, he was getting called in. He actually backed out of the fifth season of Teen Wolf to do oh, this wow. movie. He was so excited for it. Yeah, He's he- okay. Hmm?
1: <laughs> he's okay. Like, it's like I think I think he's in the spinoff movie, or the the, the movie coming out I just read.
0: Mm. He's
1: good. He's fine.
0: Um, The role Linklater was having the hardest time casting was also his favorite role, that of, as Linklater put it, jock poet Finnegan. (laughs) Unbeknownst to Linklater at the time, an actor had been practicing for that role for years, however. Uh, Glenn Powell, an Austin native who had gotten one of his first major film roles in Linklater's Fast Food Nation, had gotten a hold of an early version of the Everybody Wants Some script almost seven years earlier. And had fallen in love with the character of Finn. He's like Otter from Animal House, but but written by Richard Linklater. Powell remembers thinking, I've never seen a character like that. Yeah. So seven years after first reading for the role of Finn, with a few more movies under his belt, including recently Expendables 3 when he'd gotten to the audition process that had just come out, um, Powell finally got to audition. He still had to try out for all the roles like everyone else, but he had his eyes set on Finn the whole time. When Linklater asked Powell if he played baseball, he reminded Linklater that he, it had been a baseball injury that put him in a cast just before filming *Fast Food Nation*. Something Powell had been terrified would lose him that role, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, he he landed it. And so, once the cast was nailed down, Linklater uh, told an interviewer at the time he was kind of like, "Hey, what's your next project? What you got going on?" He said, "We've got an incredible cast and a pretty mediocre script." <laughs> But that was okay because Linklater's next step was to flesh that script out with a very unique rehearsal process. We're actually going to save that for our oh, own set up. life that's because fine. it's a yeah, pretty yeah. major part of okay. the production.
1: Yeah, I know nothing about that. I know nothing about some of the stuff. Yeah, I've never heard before. Um, what, I'm just thinking about Glenn Powell, like do you like tank the other character auditions just to be good at
0: Finn? Oh, like, Hey, what do do what's th- up? I'm Jay yeah. Niles. I'm oh. Jay Niles.
1: <laughs> uh, or like Willoughby. It's like the sounds like, why are you just playing the same character over and over again? Like, you, you know, I, I couldn't up.
0: find I, with Willoughby. I couldn't find because obviously Wyatt Russell was older and like looked older. Yes. And so yes. I, I couldn't find, I, I have to imagine they kind of just kind of gave him that one. Like, because Hey, let's get Wyatt Russell to, to do yeah. Willoughby but and it, I, will probably, could,
1: and it will give a reason why he looks older yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah
0: um but yeah i couldn't i couldn't find anything to confirm that but i have. A, i have a suspicion that when they just kind of went directly to wyatt russell for
1: and the, and maybe there's a maybe that happened to link later when he was in school of like a character or a guy who kind of just went from place to place i mean it's <laughs> almost like it's it's the it's david arquette never been kissed where he comes back and like plays baseball and they're like mm-hmm. wow he's amazing and they're like yeah he's really like 32 <laughs> um but yeah anyway
0: all right so favorite scenes
1: all right glenn Powell. just right out of the gate glenn Powell is so <laughs> amazing in this role like i i remember in theaters watching it and it was weird because it was a sensation where i was like oh yeah i know this guy i'm so glad he's getting a break mm-hmm. like I got a breakout I never seen him before, like knowingly, but there was something about him that just like you, he he like looked like a star right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and you just had to assume you saw him somewhere before this, and I'd never seen him before, to my knowledge, uh, or like at least no. not see him Expendables
0: as, like, three in theaters.
1: I didn't see Expendables three. I, I saw I saw Expendables one in theaters, but I never saw the other two. I'll
0: tell you I'll tell you where you had seen him before in in your high school. I want to say English class watching great debaters um he's he's one of the evil it's one of the evil harvard debaters that they go up against uh in the in the finals
1: Uh, yeah i'm not sure when i saw the great debaters but i'm pretty sure it was before this that makes sense that makes some sense
0: that was one of those dvds my high school had that it was just like i don't feel like teaching today great debaters here you go like (laughs) watch that in so many different classes (laughs)
1: Did you really? I I, I know he, apparently he's in Dark Knight Rises as like trader number one for like the stock market exchange hmm. I read. So like when you go to Letterboxd, the most popular film on Letterboxd is The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> oh, no. oh, and I'm like, oh. where is he at in that? Um yeah. Um but no, he 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 is so charismatic. And I just every scene where you they just let him kind of do his spiel about something. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, God, he's so damn good. Like yep. he's so he's so he's so fantastic in this role. He's so fantastic. And I know how you feel about Glenn Powell too, but like I the brief like what happened recently when Maverick came out, and this will go into Zoe Deutsch as well. I literally watched Maverick and got home at like midnight. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put on set it up. Mm-hmm. Because I just I just want to see Glenn Powell in a movie uh after watching him as hangman in Maverick. And then I was like, I'll just watch like a half hour of set it up, and then like go to go, go to bed or whatever. And like, I watched the whole movie that <laughs> night because him and Zoe Deutsch in that movie are that's this could be a separate episode in that movie are so just electric together, chemistry wise. And you get a brief moment of that in this movie when uh, Pal and them are flirting with Deutsch and her roommate mm-hmm. uh, out to the dorm, but like Pal is just so amazing in this role specifically and like he, he's able to do that great balance of like being the the jock and like the kind of almost skeezy guy in some moments to like being the one who's aware like look we're not gonna be playing baseball the rest of our lives like we're we're yeah we're trying to get laid this entire summer but like when it comes to the theater party he's like oh we actually meet some interesting women for once and you guys are like just talking about baseball yes. or whatever the entire yeah. time.
0: He's like, got a great that that was that was actually a line that Glenn Powell had come up with. But he's he's got that line about like when we when we're playing, we're playing baseball, baseball talk, you guys only yeah. want to talk about girls and when when there's girls around you only talk about baseball but then uh, uh, Linklater said it was a line that Powell came up with when he's like you're like asshole crabs trying to pull me back into the pot and i'm just trying to climb <laughs> out.
1: It's a great line. <laughs> no, it's he's just he's so. I think that was the scene where I just really put my my hands over my face. And I was just like, God, he's so good. <laughs> like he's it's just it, it, he's able to walk that line of like being that those two versions. Like It's like he's able to be the baseball guy and like be a part of the group, but then like he can break apart and like because again, you set him up earlier on when when Dale's talking about oh he's talking to, he's given the his average dick like mm-hmm. speech or whatever. um, And like, so he kind of comes off as like, he has, he has his spiel. He has his like go-to thing to get women in bed or whatever. But then like, I think when he gets to the theater party, I think he's generally like trying to like, he says, I'm trying to meet them on the, like, I'm trying to talk about their interest, not about like baseball. And mm-hmm. all you guys want to talk about is baseball. Cause that was like, cause right before that it's when, that scene before that it's like he's talking to the girl about astrology he's like oh yeah i've, read, I've done my oh, of course i got my son my my chart read or whatever mm-hmm. and those two guys are like oh yeah he's gonna be a great he's gonna be a pro baller man he's the best in the team and they're just all like just talking about their baseball skills when these girls have no interest whatsoever in any of that but powell's like no i'm not i'm not gonna be a dick and just talk about me playing baseball let's talk about what she likes or whatever
0: i think powell kind of said in in kind of reading the character and working on it with with link later powell said like the whole movie is kind of put through this filter of like looking back mm-hmm. on on that time and he yeah. he said finn is the person everyone wants to think that they were in college but no yes. one actually was and was, then the, yeah. like link later had that thought and was like i'm gonna actually write that person it, like every, yeah. everyone thinks they were finn no one actually was finn but if if there was a real finn i'm gonna try and, and, and put it down on paper and yeah. that that's I mean, that's what it turned into
1: most people are probably tyrone Plummer. like honestly like mm-hmm. they were probably him like him at the class like yo what's up like, at the very end like i'm like i knew like i knew guys like that <laughs> i knew guys like him um i knew guys like buter too i was about um, to say you
0: probably went to co- school with a couple of buter perkins
1: well i don't know how i went yeah there are a few buters in college there, there's a lot of buters in high school one of my good friends is a buter <laughs> um and he and he literally talks like him and it's kind of insane when i, when I watch his movie and i was like oh that's that's my buddy um but uh but yeah it's yeah i, I can see that where finn is kind of this you think you're this poetic intelligent individual who kind of has their stuff figured out in college and you're mature and wise but you probably you probably weren't a lot of mm. the time like it but it's like it's 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 I love just the pipe. He's always like carrying it around mm-hmm. and, it, but he always like, he always has like, um, an insight to something. It's the mm-hmm. scene when, when they go to the punk rock concert or whatever. And, and he's, and he's trying to tell like Jake, like, cause Jake's like, oh, I feel like we're just changing like our ourselves over and over again. And like, we're not really, we're just trying to get laid the entire time and we're not really being ourselves. And like, and like he, and fans kind of like trying to talk him down. No, like, this, this is like, we're going in and out like this, we're, we're finding ourselves in these moments or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and that's uh, going off of that bit. It's like what link Lair does is that at a period of time, I think one of the reviews said this, it's like where pop culture is, is starting to break off to mm-hmm. where it's like, you have these like different scenes, you have the, the disco scene or whatever you have, like the, the, the honky tonk Westerns, you have the punk rock stuff. All this is happening at one time in the late in the transition from the 70s to the 80s and that's kind of what he's doing is like why 8 Like doing 80 is a big deal because it's a transitional point for a lot of different
0: things yeah. yeah and i think that i think the you know right as they close that scene out with the the gilligan's island reference i think that's a very specific yeah. you know i went on i don't have a lot of uh trivia for this episode because i went i went on the imdb trivia and it's like uh, it's like so and so holds a pin in this scene, which is just like <laughs> someone holds a pin and Days Confused. It's like it's just all these like, and they've all got like like down votes on the IMDb trivia. Yeah. But it's like it's not; it doesn't have to be that tied to Days Confused. But I I do think the the Gillian's Island thing right there is a is a very specific throwback to Days Confused because you know that that's something that he touches on in Days Confused is how like singular pop culture was in the yes. 70s and and there's the scene with all the girls debate you know ranking the the the, the episodes of Gilligan's Island and oh, um yeah. and you know that that kind of po- the point of that scene is it's like you know tv like transcends clicks like no matter who you are in the 70s you're pretty much listening to the same music yeah. and watching the same tv because that's all you have access to it's like whatever your local station's playing and on, on either for radio or television and and I think it's interesting that he does kind of top this scene off where they're talking about how segmented pop culture is becoming with this kind of like the punk star singing. Yeah. Uh, Gilligan's Island. And they're like, I know that one. Like <laughs> we, we all still, there's like this last moment of like, Oh, we all still watched Gilligan's Island. Yeah. And, and they jump in and it, and it is kind of the, this moment of like, Oh, there are still some like unifiers out there, but it, but it's getting further and further away that's, you know, it, it is getting split into, country and disco yeah. and punk and and you know the way they talk about punk in that scene is like oh it's so exciting and new and that and coma like doesn't want he's like legitimately you know this grown man is like legitimately afraid of going into this punk <laughs> you're, like a narc. you're like a narc
1: <laughs> when they're all because that's the it's like we always said that they had to change their attire where it's like in that one like they're all like they all were like sh- uh cut off shirts or whatever mm-hmm. and like and I love, like, what I love about Glenn Powell, about Finn, is, like, he has, like, his sunglasses in one pocket and his pipe in another. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, going into this punk concert. He's like, you look at like a narc, man. Why didn't you change? Like, why didn't you? <laughs> I, took why you I took your shirt. I took your shirt. have some sensibility here. No, and, like, because it reminded me, I was like, it reminds me of, like, um, it's John Travolta movies. It's like Saturday Night Fever and Urban Cowboy. Mm-hmm. You're you're seeing the breakups and 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 these kind of clicks or these kind of, you said, pop culture kind of groups in a way where like this is the country people these are the the punk rock people and there are these kind of some connections in some way and even going off the guy again like also kind of show jake's character is like jake's he sees his high school friend who's like in the punk rock group or whatever Mm -hmm. and then he shows up at the then he goes the punk rock guy goes from the the punk rock concert to the to the baseball party later yeah. and like and who, all who of, played
0: high school baseball with him which i think is fun when they when they bring that up it's like oh yeah you know it's the south everybody plays some kind of sport in high school regardless of yes. whether you turn into a punk in college or not
1: yeah and that's how quickly you can change from jock in high school to punk rocker smoking weed or whatever in uh in college but then you have someone like willoughby who's like a mixture of all these different things mm-hmm. in some way where he's like probably a, a pothead from california mm-hmm. who's just like accepted that he's weird is the thing and that's and that's why he, again going off the idea of like finding your identity maybe why willoughby also is older is because he's the one that feels the most set in like who he is mm-hmm. and what he loves and what he wants
0: yeah yeah they've got that great scene in the pool hall where he's talking about being comfortable being a pitcher in a in a team yeah. of, of people who hate pitchers, but it's also obviously a, a, a lesson on just being yourself in in a world that's trying to change you. It's
1: like get weird, let your inner weirdness out, your your inner strange out. Like, mm-hmm. and he's because again, you have that scene when they're having the party, and he's like up there like doing yoga in the nude, <laughs> and he's like strike one, <laughs> strike two. <laughs> and we're really hopping around because we're just like we're not really saying what's favorite scenes or whatever but like we those are all great moments but what's our favorite scene of yours off of all that
0: oh man yeah i'm I'm just trying to just not say like every every scene, every with scene. Powell. um i love the scene it's i think it's uh to, i think it's saturday morning when they're just kind of playing in in the yard
1: oh yeah yeah and, and all you, the different bets that are going on Yeah,
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, man. Also, just absolutely one of one of the best dialogue in, in the whole movie is is the bet dialogue <laughs> between Finn and uh. it's and... a bad bet. That's a bad bet. See, see that's a bad bet. Why <laughs> would bet. you take that? I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but you should you shouldn't be taking it.
1: You should be taking it. I it's, like, it's yeah,
0: like... bet you I bet you 10 bucks. They're related. It's like first cousin, second cousins Uh, first.
1: That, that's a bad that's bet. A bad, bad. <laughs> I'll take it. Like ten bucks, never shows up. but Nesbitt—that's a bad bet. He's gonna come back for his stuff. He's gotta
0: get his stuff. It's upstairs.
1: (laughs) See, that's a better bet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you've got that great. First off, you got—I think—one of the best costumes in the in the film is Tyler Hetchland's like short, short gym shorts with like the 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 the, the, the like (laughs) scrimmage jersey. Yeah, and then and then the like slicing the the baseball open and then. It's you know so much about this movie, and they and they they talk about it later on. It's just this idea of like you get these types of guys together; they just everything has to be a competition. list like no matter what, and this this idea that you know they're they're all hungover, although it's like college hungover, which doesn't count. Um, but they're all hungover; like they've been partying for two days straight now, and it's just like they're still just playing basketball, like any chance yeah. they get,
1: or like they're they're playing baseball with an axe or whatever, yeah. and, he, and 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 he's uh cutting through the baseball and 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 McReynolds. well i love about the McReynolds character because he's you you i forget how much he's almost not in there because he's he's in the movie he's in the movie he's not like really in the group as much mm-hmm. like when they go out he's there but he's not really hanging out with them because everyone kind of sees him as like he is the team captain yeah. and he's kind of the older one like he's he's the one going he's going to go pro mm-hmm. and so like He's enjoying his time in a different way than they all are. Right, if that if that makes sense. Um, but no, he's he, like his stuff going off his character and McReynolds in the scene when Jane Niles gets thrown out of the disco. Mm-hmm. What I thought what I noticed this time that I think it was an interesting kind of tidbit or interesting kind of beat was when when Roper when they had the fight and McReynolds gets up to go join. And Roper pushes him back and tells him to stay here. Mm-hmm. It's kinda of interesting thing of like he, they're protecting their best player yeah. to A, not get thrown out of the bar, but also not get into a fight and get injured to screw up their season. Is mm-hmm. what what feels like they're doing in that moment in time. Because why would why would you stop one of your guys from getting in the fight when everyone else is going to join the fight? Yeah. And I think Roper's like, No, 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 no. you stay here. <laughs>
0: there's a um, there's a quote from they got a bunch of the guys together and kind of did like a round table interview Mm -hmm. and they were all talking about having to like swing on on camera for the auditions and they were like you know just talking about how kind of like unfair it was that they all had to compete with tyler for for baseball ability and and somebody has a quote where they're like it's like this whole movie is just crafted to show you how cool tyler hedgeland is
1: (laughs) i mean he's great he, it's, it's. I love again because he's he knows he's so good. It's the like again going to the batting practice scene with him and Niles, where he's just like, dude, it's batting practice. What are you doing? And he's just like, okay, okay, <laughs> fine. Spits in his glove and whatever, and then just like knocks it out of the park. And it's it, like... might, it
0: might just be the mustache and the hairstyle talking, but he's I th- he's got a lot of Billy Crudup and Almost Famous energy in this movie. Oh, no, he does. It's just he this very kind of like, like mentor figure you're a little bit scared of, but can also be yes. kind of like, you know, can also teach you some things, but is also like, ah, I'm, I'm a little intimidated. I'm not going to go straight to him for, for things that I need.
1: Because like he doesn't feel like, at least to me, he doesn't feel like a he's a jerk early on for sure because that's kind of his character but he doesn't feel like a villain in any way No,
0: yeah i think i think he and niles are kind of presented as these like two heads of a coin like obviously you have to have this edge if you're the the guys who are about to go pro but you can either be you know him or a niles about it and, and niles is obviously the wrong way to go about being almost pro
1: screwdriver i want a screwdriver <laughs> all my friends have screwdrivers but is there a sweet moment between the two of McRinalds and Niles mm-hmm. when Niles kind of realizes the error of his ways and he's just like <laughs> he's hey, like kind sidewalks
0: up to him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey man, I'm sorry. And and McReynolds just kind of looks, he's like, We're cool, man. And like yeah, it's him. Yeah. And but that's kind of that's sports though. It's mm-hmm. like I think when you have a bunch of dudes playing sports, like you're gonna get heated, but you're also I think McReynolds very much knows that like, we're part of a team. And like you can't really have beef with players on your team if you want the team to like gel and work. And he probably is aware this dude's our best pitcher. Like Niles is probably their best pitcher, mm-hmm. but he just needs to get his head straight. Is kind of the thing. Yeah,
0: especially so now that Willoughby's uh, no longer around,
1: no longer there. And and like and like Jake is good because it kind it kind of tries to show that Jake is good at baseball, but he's just not. He's not throwing ninety five mile per hour fastballs or whatever like Niles might be.
0: Yeah is the thing speaking of that to get to to get to another scene that's a very link later scene um is is kind of like his first his first meeting with beverly and when they're they're kind of which also just feels like i'm every time i'm watching i'm like this is like what flirting in college feel like looking back on flirting in college feels like it's a little bit cringy but it's also kind of sweet um but but she's got that great line where she's like you know that's he's talking about like you know we were all the best on our to be at yeah. the best college baseball team in the country we were all the best on our high school teams and now we're just like the lowest of the low here and, and she's like that's the exact same way in the theater program like uh you know everyone everyone who came everyone came here because they were cast in the leads at their high school and now you're not going to get cast in the lead at college
1: I, I went to school. I, I, I minored in theater. So I had a bunch of friends that I knew that were like big in high school, even with my high school. They were big in high school and got all the lead roles. And when they got to to college in theater, some of them were out by the first by the first semester and like dropped out of school because they couldn't get any role. I, they expected to come in mm-hmm. and get all these roles. And I would know some people who were in the theater department for four years and maybe got one role in the yeah. entire time. Because mm-hmm. also yeah, you had the idea of like, politics to it all is the other thing too not just your talent wise there's also politics with it and so like you just kind of don't really get ahead in that way so yeah it's it's very much you you go from being a big fish in a little pond to everyone was the best at where they came from and they're having to compete with that but yeah and going off of zoe Deutsch and the 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 or beverly and jake scenes like for one i love the the car ride up when they're trying to get them to like go to the party or whatever that night and there mm. and zoe Deutsch is, doesn't say much because her friend's the one that says more and it's just but she says enough to where like it kind of ruins the mood with all of them where it's just, like i like the quiet one in the back the one in the middle and, oh we didn't hear anything like bye and leave <laughs> um but, but i love their phone call conversation when they call because again split it's screen. like hey, split screen Done incredibly well. And like you said, it is like it's cringy and also kind of creepy. Some of the stuff that like Jake does where like he finds the he finds her or he gets her um her room number. Mm-hmm. And all the guys are like making fun of it, like, like, Well, you're a creep, dude. What are you doing? Like you're you're I'm not gonna you're being a stalker. But and then she's like, How'd you get my room number? He's like, I'm an investigative journalist major. <laughs> From that phone call conversation to when they had their kind of hanging out. Like, they go get, I guess, ice cream or whatever and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a very sweet moment between them. Because I was like, what I forgot, and this shows you how good Zoe Deutsch is in this movie and pretty much any movie she's in, is like, I forgot how little she's actually in yeah, this movie. Yeah, she shows up
0: in the first 10 minutes and then first is gone for an hour. First 10 minutes and is
1: gone for like an hour and 20 minutes, it feels like. Because I was like, man, is she going to get Beatrice Strait Award? Because she hasn't <laughs> been in here at all. And she's still in there a lot. She's only in like six, seven scenes, maybe. He he smartly has a cutaway to her. Linklater does when they're going through the like the the clubs yeah, on college. Yeah, and like you see her the Student fair in front of the or dra- whatever. Yeah, and you see her standing in front of the drama the drama table That's what it is. Um, but yeah, it's the, the the theater party. I think is it's kind of wonderful overall. Mm-hmm. Like when they do the dating the Alice in Wonderland dating game or whatever. And again, shows kind of Jake's ability to he's kind of caught between these two worlds of creative and artistic and sports. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the only ones like willing to easily go up there and like be a part of the skit. Yeah. For Which the is, evening. He,
0: he needs he needs Finn in his life. You know, you could see he you could see if, if he yeah. hadn't had Finn there that first weekend, he might be he might feel forced to just be like baseball yeah. all the time.
1: I think Finn and Willoughby. I think mm. Finn and Willoughby are the ones that really open him up to be like, look, it's not all about like being the tough baseball guy. Like there's more to life and more to college than just that is the thing. Um, and he's and 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 Jake is kind of because you already tell at the beginning, he's kind of caught in between the very beginning of like he's into music and stuff and all that compared to everyone else. And he's in the kind of eclectic musical taste. Um and yeah, it's like those two guys really kind of open him up. And also kind of have a sense that he's the first one that has like a sense of romance and not just like getting laid for the evening is the thing. Mm -hmm. It's like he has that early on, but it's almost like I think he sees like, oh, if I just keep doing this thing over and over again, it's going to get boring really quickly compared to like what I guess he's trying to find something else. Again, that character trying to find meaning in something and that could be a romance. One more thing I wanted to briefly bring up Mm -hmm. is when Buter Perkins, Billy Autry. When he go, when Jake goes up to the room to get him to get him to get out, get out. So he can come up with bring, uh, uh, the girl who's in actually Friday night lights TV show, uh, <laughs> to bring her up to the room and Buter that's, this is the most villainous mo- moment in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Cause Buter just is like cold and like, like mean, it feels like it's just so like, it's so calculated
0: mm-hmm.
1: compared to anything else he does in the rest of the movie it's like he
0: just yeah go ahead well and you know buter i think buter represents that idea of someone you know when when this this whole movie is about kind of being fluid and letting yourself like college being this opportunity to explore who you are and what what cultures you identify with and all that sort of stuff you've got like buter he's got his three guys they're all dressed exactly the same they all went line dancing that night they're all just like sitting upstairs do you know chewing tobacco and and shooting the shit and and buter it's interesting the way they kind of do buter's storyline because he comes into college he's i'm a good old boy who plays baseball i got a girlfriend back home on the farm i'm gonna go back and see her and so he he does kind of it's he's got that great scene at the end when he's kind of like man, this is different than I thought it was going to be. Oh, good, and and yeah. you start to kind of see like, Oh, there's hope for Buter too. He's just on yeah. like, because he skipped that first weekend, he's on like a different timeline than everybody yeah. else. But like they might, they might get to him yet.
1: Yeah. Cause like, you know, we probably knew people like this in college where like you have people that are, they're just still tied back to like what their previous life was. Or if it's like, if it's, you're going to college out of town, you're tied to like what's going on back then. So like you did, maybe you're still dating someone back home, which is what he was. And he's still like set in his ways of what he should be, Mm -hmm. who he should be, is the thing. And yeah, it's like, oh, going to the theater party or going to these type these places, kind of opens up, like, oh, wait, this is what college, oh, this is what college is like. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is different than what I was expect. I was warned about all these different things or whatever. Um, But yeah, I think, I think, I mean, cast wise, I think it's just top to bottom. I think fantastic.
0: Yeah. Let's dive into this rehearsal process because it's a it's a hoot so i moved rehearsal to where we normally do on set life because it seems like a lot of this movie was crafted in these rehearsals Interesting, Interesting. Uh, once the boys have been cast in the movie they got invited to spend three weeks at richard linklater's ranch in texas they arrived wow. to find an actual old ranch bunkhouse with 12 bunk beds where they would all be living together in one big room for the next three weeks they weren't just there for rehearsals they started the first day off with a game of football with link later as the all-time qb I'm, i just when i read that i was just like i had like maverick uh, yeah flashbacks <laughs> um he told the guys it was really important that the three weeks get them in the mindset of the characters and then the script would come as much as there's been stories about how great the cast of daisy and fuse got along you know we've talked about how he put them all in the same hotel he gave them these like specific playlist yeah. to listen to that was a very important part of the daisy infused process but it, it sounds like link later put a lot of thought into kind of per- perfecting that process for this yeah
1: because um, not not everyone got along up exactly
0: daisy. there yeah, are some stories did. about how some clicks formed and while it did yes. uh well it did give us matthew mcconaughey ultimately um yeah. it, it seems like that's kind of a, a big regret of, of link leaders was that he wasn't able to form this kind of big family he wanted to on that one yeah so um he, he told glenn powell that that was kind of the goal of this one was to get every he just wanted everybody together even if you were you know will Britton playing buter even if you were uh justin street playing playing uh jay niles jay niles like no matter who you're playing you are going to be all part of the team here and, yep. and Powell said, it really did feel like every team I'd ever played on. It's because every single guy in there kind of represents a type of guy you'd find on a sports team. And every single one of these guys is an athlete. So it's all very comfortable. It felt like we had known each other for so long. And then when you put all those personalities in a room, they're all crazy creative. That's when I think the magic of this movie emerged. You get people that get along and that like each other and are rooting for each other and collaborating together. And then you just put them in the same room. And so that's where it it seems a lot of this movie just came from that. It's it's kind of Mm -hmm. fascinating. PBS was producing a a document, an episode of American Masters on Linklater as this film was being shot. And they actually Mm -hmm. came and shot a day's worth of rehearsals. And you can see some of the footage of the rehearsal process in the documentary. And it's just they're all just sitting around. I think it's the scene um, at the at the Fox when the you know, the the other group of guys kind of join in nesbitt comes in and they've got a uh, plumber with him or uh the, no the other, the other the, freshman guy the yeah freshman yeah guy. But, yeah and and they've all been drinking and he's you know are you sure coach isn't gonna know we're drinking but they're, they're all just kind of sitting around and like Linklater's like dining hall thing he's got at this like cattle ranch and you can just see in the scene he's kind of walking around in between rehearsals talking to the guys and then you'll see like uh, the guy who plays Nesbitt, like pull him aside and be like, "Hey, like me and this other guy were working on this. We'd really like to run it by you. I think it might mm-hmm. be funny." And and so it really just turned into this. Like I, I don't. It's not not ad libbed because it was worked out in rehearsals. But but so much of it just came out of this group of guys all working mm-hmm. together. And so I think that's where a lot of the. I mean, you know that's something we've talked about with link later previously with the before trilogy is like yeah. how important it was that he and, and the cast really made sure everything felt like natural dialogue. And I think that yeah. that same thing came through here and, and, and a, a little bit more than he was able to do. It seems like something he really wanted to do in days confused mm-hmm. and just wasn't quite there as a director yet. Like didn't know yeah. how to kind of work the cast to, to get there
1: because yeah, that was the first movie with a budget is then a days and confused like a somewhat of a budget i guess you could say um so yeah
0: um but but the guys talked about it, it and it kind of worked its way into the film as well but it was also Linklater's idea from the beginning was just how important kind of competing and being teammates came through in the rehearsal process he said uh the guy said there was one time they had gotten they were swimming in the pool and they had just started this like dumb thing where they were like wanted to pass a ball everyone jump in the pool and like pass a ball around and like everyone touch the ball before they landed in the pool and they were like all working on it and like the last guy was going to catch the ball and then like dive through a raft yeah. And they were just all working on it and they'd been working on it like all morning and, and Linklater came out and was like, all right, time, time for rehearsal guys. And they were just like, we're not rehearsing until we finish this. So then Linklater <laughs> just kind of sat and watched them work on it for like another two hours before they like got it right. <laughs> and they were just like, at that time that became like the most important thing that they could do was just like get that choreography right. And it was just like, okay, yeah, I've, I've put a, a real team together yeah, moment team for Linklater.
1: building, Team building yeah. right there. Um, it reminds me too a little bit of Stand by Me, kids, mm-hmm. when Reiner took them for like two weeks and basically just like it was just Reiner and Reiner and the four kids like improvising and just hanging out and talking to build this rapport, build this chemistry, um, in this short amount of time. Yeah, it's very similar.
0: So the, another important part that Link later wanted to get nailed down was the dancing. Uh, he noticed that most of, most of these guys weren't comfortable dancing especially around (laughs) girls and and realized that it was kind of a generational gap he said you know back then he kept telling them dancing was a form of peacocking you these guys in the 80s would want to dance for these girls because you want to show them what you've got you want to show them your moves you want to show off your butt you want to you know and and he said it's just socially has changed so much that these guys were like would these like jocks roll up to a disco and just hit the dance floor immediately and link later was like yes i was there it happened
1: (laughs) and the guys were like this didn't happen to me
0: yeah all the young guys were like this is not how i did it when i played college baseball Um,
1: do you think that kind of happened like it was the 90s the period where that kind of started changing
0: oh yeah probably i'm sure like the the disco backlash i'm sure was was part of it just the idea of like oh no rock and maybe country
1: yeah, I just remember like in the 90s, like if you look at all those kind of kids' movies in the 90s, where like all the, like you didn't want to go out on the dance floor first, or you didn't want mm-hmm. to go dance. And that was similar in like a, in my school or whatever, where it's like, I think in middle school, it's like you had, it would be, you'd go to a dance and like certain cliques of people would just sit in the bleachers and watch and would not go dance. That mm-hmm. was just the thing that happened. Um, so yeah, I wonder where that kind of switch – occur yeah it could be the disco backlash i agree with that
0: um so it was also during this rehearsal period as they're kind of hashing out the script with this whole cast that link later realized no one liked the title of the script (laughs) so uh this is when he changed it to everybody wants some which was a van halen track he already knew that he wanted in the movie so he he said he always kind of had it lined up as like a, a, a backup title um a lot of the reviews Or like, yeah, everybody wants some is is a reference to the fact that like this whole movie is about guys going out trying to get girls. Everybody wants some sex. But uh, Linklater said, I picked it because being that age, I look back at that. You just want everything. Not only do you want everything, you kind of think you're entitled to it. You know that your youthful desire should be met by the world. So that's 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 a little bit deeper. Linklater had it. It's not it's not just it's not just a sex comedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the party scene is where it delves into like animal house levels of like Mm -hmm. when it's just like every room is like people having sex is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's 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 where it comes. Animal house vibes.
0: So the movie was shot mostly in Austin and some surrounding Texas college towns from October through December in 2014. Link later, I wanted to shoot the whole film in Huntsville at Sam Houston State where he went to college, but the town of Huntsville would only grant them a single day permit so they shot the front exteriors of the baseball house there. And that was it. Oh, man. I don't, know what, I don't know if somebody in the locations team messed up or what. I just feel like if your alumni comes back and is like, yeah, I want to shoot a, shoot a movie here. But, you know, very, very infamously, colleges are always kind of reluctant to let people shoot there ever since Animal House. So overall, film shot for a $10 million budget over about 50 days. Um, The cast says it's all a very easy shoot, mostly because they nailed it down in rehearsals. And so a lot of the the script and the characters all just kind of came out of that that three week rehearsal period when they were all allowed to collaborate with with Linklater on that. And they all speak very highly of that time, especially as as some of them weren't professional actors as, as being a place that that helped them find the characters in a way that they probably wouldn't have been able to if they'd just been handed a script. Yeah so for some aftermath uh-huh, film go. had a very troubled release schedule um it was originally going to go wide on april 15th 2016 then it got shifted to an april 1st limited release and then it got moved to march 30th from april 1st not great shifting around is never never pays <laughs> off i feel like
1: march 30th or april 1st so it was, was it a wednesday i guess it came out on a wednesday right because if it's Mm. april 1st that would be a friday yeah yeah wednesday in the march is an odd choice
0: that's a that's a a
1: weird yeah i I don't that's a if that is a wednesday i'm guessing because i i I, I, you wouldn't put a movie on a monday is the thing Mm -hmm. that that uh feels like a really weird choice to do
0: uh, it got mostly favorable reviews on its release. Most critics found it uh, fun and bubbly, while, and while almost everyone found it a, you know, a little bit lesser than its spiritual successor of Days Confused, many critics noted how well Linklater was able to capture the time period and the spirit of the first weekend of college. Those who did not like the film cited the lack of story, conflict, called it a little too light and happy. You can find some reviews, like you said, of just being like, oh, it's just Animal House. Why do I have to follow a bunch of jocks around for this whole movie? Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I think is kind of missing the point, but whatever. You're entitled to your opinion. Despite overall positive reviews landing it at an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes, the film suffered from poor press, a lackluster trailer, and uh, a very (laughs) tight limited release run. It eventually ended its theatrical run with $5 million, just half of its production budget.
1: I'm like 13 of that. i was there
0: it did almost Uh, immediately become a cult hit online uh thanks in part to the support of bill simmons and the entire staff at the ringer who i I remember just like adopted this movie immediately like everyone was just writing about it all over the ringer for like a year after it came out on all the (laughs) podcasts they were always like i I guess it was when when set it up came out they had glenn powell on and they were just like let's talk about Everybody wants some. and you, you could just tell he was like, "Oh, okay, all right, fine." Okay, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Every once in a while, the ringer will adopt like a a, a site wide movie, and yeah, everybody wants some. Was that and and Star is Born was that as well? They loved Star is Born. That was
1: a big one. Yeah, I remember that because literally, I think like Bill Bill Simmons was just like, "Oh, like this is the the shallow moments, one of the greatest moments in cinema history, or whatever." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, hold on now, Bill, I love that <laughs> moment."
0: But nevertheless, it's it's continued. Uh, no, you know, in most part by word of mouth, specifically mm-hmm. my mouth. Um, <laughs> and as and as some of the stars rise for for some of the actors, including Tyler Hetchlin, who is now Superman, yeah, and yep. Uh, and Glenn Powell, who is obviously now Hangman,
1: Hangman, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: you, you do continue to see people kind of come back to this movie to to see it, which I which I do i i try and tell people anytime a conversation yeah. about either of those two guys especially comes up uh, wyatt russell as well who is uh, who yeah. is captain america john, 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 kind well, of john, yeah, john,
1: yeah john walker yeah, yeah
0: um anytime a conversation about these guys come up i always I always recommend this one
1: and, and and you have zoe Deutsch. i think zoe Deutsch is a different she's for someone she, she's in a lot of stuff but hasn't broke out mm-hmm. like some of these players it feels yeah. like
0: this this was the first one i remember because she without going too far into it was, was someone who was kind of watching her career. As she was, as she was coming up yeah. and, and was doing kind of like teen stuff. And this yes. was the first movie when I was like uh, one, she's really good. And two yeah. people, filmmakers are seeing that she's really good, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, she so with limited amount of screen time, we can, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in our awards segment, but limited amount of screen time, very strong, very uh, strong. impression. I, I agree. So, what works and everybody wants them.
1: I mean, rather about the cast, the cast works incredibly well, as we keep talking about. Um, the soundtrack works, I think too. We haven't really discussed that, but the soundtrack is is fantastic. Shout out the ending rap song of the yes, credits.
0: I never know. I I, I I didn't I, notice that. I either. Never <laughs> seen it before this time, and I just it just happened. I was literally walking upstairs and like saw video come up on the credits, and I was like, "Excuse me, wait a minute. There's something in the, I thought the, in the credits here." Same
1: thing. And I was like, did I see like I might have seen it in like when I saw it in theaters, because I probably would have stayed a little bit, but I feel like when I watched it last time, I just probably oh credits are on, I just turned it off. Mm-hmm. But this time I was like, I saw it come, I was like, wait, because it doesn't come on right when the credits start. It's as you keep going into the credits. And I was just kind of like, Wait, what? And it just it's a full blown rap song,
2: mm-hmm.
1: also hearkening back to when they did the extended song of like uh, extended scene of when them them doing the Trigger Hill gang. The Mm -hmm. rappers delight uh rap when you're like oh he's just gonna keep going with this like they're just all like passing the mic around basically i think
0: this is also something that came out of that three weeks and they said they were just kind of just kind of rapping together about their characters (laughs) to kind of get into character
1: (laughs) and it's like i was like oh wow we're going through everyone like Mm -hmm. peter gets a line did did, uh, but Hecklin didn't get a line i don't think i don't
0: don't He, he he, he like talks but he doesn't he doesn't yeah
1: yeah, because I'm, I'm like I don't think uh, I don't think um, uh, Glenn, uh, McReynolds would do that. I don't think McReynolds would be rapping. He would talk through it. Um, yeah, Beater gets to rap a little bit, and then it ends with Blake or Jake. That's that gets confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah, soundtrack's great. Cast is great. Um, in terms of the I think the writing's great. I think I think there is a moment again. Talk about the authenticity at the very end when like it's school when school has started and they're walking to class and i just had this like 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 gut like reaction in a way or or visceral feeling of like what it was like going to class in college Mm -hmm. and being like oh i got history over here i got that this time and i was just like and then like walking into that specific classroom i was like oh i had classrooms like this Mm -hmm. and i was like that's how i react or i I acted with my friends like when walking in and you're just like yeah, man, it's college. It's what just, it just felt like man, there's, a, there's a feeling that you get coming out of high school that's just a little bit like it's still structured but still laid back. Mm-hmm. And that part when they're just kind of all hanging out, when they're walking into the class or whatever, when like when Glenn Powell and and, uh, and Dale see uh, uh, Jake, it's just that that's interactions you have where it's like brief interactions before class where oh, you yeah. just see some people out.
0: Yeah. you like, what? oh, yeah looking back as an adult that's that's honestly one of the best things of college is just like that you used to bump into your friends on yeah. the sidewalk like on the, the
1: sidewalk yeah you just would you're just like hey hey he's I, like don't uh, you have class he's like
0: you don't tell me when to go to, to go to
1: class i i tell you when to go to class <laughs> you go to class like yeah it's like that Would just that would just things to happen where i would be like i would see some of my best friends just like oh walk in the quad yeah. or whatever at you don't have to plan anything time. you're just
0: like hey no. what are you doing after class today like yeah, i was gonna go yeah. back to my place and like play some yeah. video games you want to come I'm like yeah man let's yeah, go yeah,
1: it just, let's do it, it just, And it's just i was just like or it's it's just that really just weirdly hit home for me and i was like oh wow this was definitely what it was like just this, this these kind of brief interactions even just like meeting or walking someone to class and then going off to class it was just very very uh, uh realistic mm-hmm. um what about you
0: i just think that that just overall kind of capturing that feeling of like college is right there like like that f- like first getting there it can mm-hmm. be so awkward but it there's so it's it's kind of it's like innocent and it's and it's yeah. sweet and and it's and it's and it's wild that between this and and you know that's the thing it's just like link later can capture like this the, those specific those such specific times yeah. so distinctly and that's kind of what you know what boyhood is obviously about and but sp- specifically with Days confused to to capture both. That's like becoming senior, and you've got college like staring you in the face, and and what are you gonna do? And then also when he kind of captures the the becoming a freshman, and and you know what's what are your interests gonna be? And then and then to turn around and also just kind of capture it perfectly again to be a a freshman in college and 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 you're free and and you're meeting all these people and everyone you meet is having this little input on who who you become as a person yeah and and it's just I, i don't think anybody can capture like time and place and people in the way link leader does um and and we've talked about in in our link leader episode we talked about how we kind of how how I don't like that in in in, in Suburbia and, and how it yeah. kind of backfires. But <laughs> but you know, in, in so much of his of his more kind of like human people focused stuff like the before trilogy in and, and these movies, it's just it just works, man. You're just there. And it and it just brings you back completely to to that time. And it's and it's it's kind of insane that that he can do that.
1: Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Also, chat because we keep mentioning it if you want to go back and listen to our early Linklater episode, it's episode one ten. So go back a few years. I think it's May of twenty twenty. But we talk a lot. We go we go very in depth in the history and, and kind of films of all of Linklater stuff. So and I, we talk about this one not as in details we did today. <laughs> Um, I think I also think, because I,
0: it was closer to the end of the episode so we, we had more we wanted to say but we were like all right we've already we been talking had, for had, 2 already, hours yeah, about Lincoln.
1: That that was when we didn't have a down pat of how long we went. Um, so yeah. But go check it out. Our audio is not as good I will say that. Heads <laughs> up. We're figuring it out then.
0: Yeah, so obviously and obviously like I said the cast works and and yeah. and it's one of those things you know the as as I was doing the research for this episode the more and more I kept turning up about this rehearsal process. I was like this makes yeah. so much sense. Yep. Like everybody has chemistry with each other everyone mm-hmm. feels so lived in all the characters feel so lived in and you can only accomplish that with a you know an insane cast you know maybe if you could get like the best actors in the world to do it they could walk in with the script and go okay i've got this character maybe but but especially for something like this where where. You're, you're getting some guys in that have never acted before and you're getting some guys in that, that, you know, have never done anything like this before that, that rehearsal process. We've, we've talked about how kind of rare it is to rehearse these days yes. in film, but like that rehearsal process and not just rehearsing for blocking, but rehearsing to find these characters is, yeah. is wild. And, and it just, it pays off so well. I think, I think that's, kind of the warmth of the film that keeps you coming back is how simple the movie feels, but how how deep and fleshed out all the characters feel.
1: Yeah, because I mean, at this point during that rehearsal process, like Linklater, I assume, is probably rewriting mm-hmm. as they're going. That would make the most sense of like we do a rehearsal process and I go right in the evening for an hour or whatever, or I'd round the weekends or something, kind of what we did that week. Um, you could see that happening. I think that's why I think it it, it, that work shows in the in the final film yeah is the thing
0: so does anything not work
1: um what do you think because i i i'm
0: i don't i don't need the sex comedy aspects of it i don't need the nudity i yeah that's my thought
1: (laughs) i want to say that's because that's the the sequence where i was like Oh, this doesn't, this, do we need this? Like, I, I get the, like, you're all trying to get laid, but it goes to it goes too on Animal House in that mm-hmm. moment. And, and that's probably why it kind of, you can get that reputation with some critics is that like, it becomes like gratuitous in some way. Uh, It just doesn't, it's not fully needed. Mm-hmm. I, cause I, I forgot about it is the thing when I came. I was like, oh, I forgot how this, how far this went in this specific section and it's not needed it's not needed
0: i think that's about it every time i watch it i'm like yeah i really i would i would cut this scene and give me a little bit more link later dialogue you know like yeah especially in a, in a movie like this when you know you're missing out on you know some random dialogue scene that you yeah. don't know that you don't even know you're missing but you know it could be there okay. instead
1: so you, i mean the thing is that like, you could just have them like all you see them going in the rooms you can keep the like jake and them in the car
0: it's just yeah. it's just it just goes I, yeah. on too long it's, you, you it's don't need to life. eradicate the idea of sex from this movie it's no, just not at the, all. The, not at all. the kind of nudity and the bordering on like an actual sex comedy is is just i don't think it, it, feels, it feels out of place
1: i agree i agree completely
0: i don't have any alternate universe cast i'm That's sure i'm sure some good. guys submitted that that weren't good enough at baseball I, maybe one day <laughs> years from now we'll hear some story come out of you know like Miles, wasn't yeah, good Miles enough Teller, yeah, Miles Teller, yeah, Dile Bron or someone, yeah. But, but for now, we only we only know from the guys who got it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, are we ready to give out some awards?
1: Yeah no no more film facts I assume I, get, I, get, I, get I think
0: I peppered them in but but Pepper that's no about guys, it okay. you know this is I one of go. those one of those more recent ones that um
1: there's not a lot until until can can we do a oral a oral history on it um it's gonna be i'm i'm happy you found that much stuff you did actually because i don't know I, I haven't heard any of that um So yeah, let's do awards
0: so the beatrice straight award with the actor or actress with limited scenes who kills it
1: okay does zoe deutsch count here i think so okay
0: you, like you said it, it, it's she's strong enough that that you don't you don't think about it but
1: so I'm trying to like add up the scenes because she has the the op- the first scene when you see her.
0: Yeah, she's got like one line in that. Scene.
1: Yeah, it's but it's but it's it's effective. Mm-hmm. uh I'm not gonna count the cutaway to her because that's not really a scene.
0: So then you've got you phone
1: phone call. their kind of date, date. Yeah. Ice cream date. The party.
0: The the floats.
1: The floats and the, yeah, that's six scenes. I, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. I mean, I, I, and there's probably. Like you, the party could argue like there's two scenes in there because it's like she meets him up, she meets him, and then it's the 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 dating game or whatever. But five to six scenes, that's not a lot. So I I would I would go with Zoe Deutsch here because I think she, she again she's in the poster of the movie mm-hmm. and she feels like such an integral part of the film, but barely meets any of the or rarely or doesn't meet any of the cast outside yeah. of like a few people basically mm-hmm. like and it only has like, like scenes with jake like she might have more, more a few like a, a, like lines with uh, does she even have lines with glenn pal outside of the the car scene i don't i think it's brief at the party
0: yeah very I brief don't think so.
1: and it's just like welcomes everyone there is the thing so yeah i would go i would go so she she's just so energetic she's so charismatic. Like she's so natural is mm. the thing her acting is so natural even in films like i don't like <laughs> she's easily the best part because of how natural naturally funny and um memorable she is yes. how naturally funny yes. and talented she is I,
0: yes I, did i send you that interview she did last week about the film that i think that you're thinking about that she also didn't like it
1: no i yeah. didn't know oh, i didn't send it to me send it to me i want to I yeah. watch it
0: they, they had her do the uh you know uh, uh mary fuck kill of of <laughs> cast members she's worked with in the past and she was like well there's one kill i have in mind but but i'm not saying it you guys have to guess it and they like go on her imdb and they're like oh you worked with this guy and she was like mm, yeah i'm not gonna say anything but
1: oh yes that i know what you're talking about I know what you're talking about <laughs> yep yeah yeah i know i get it she is the best part of that film by yes, the way she is I, um, I think you and
0: i both had the same reaction to watching that movie. yeah
1: yes that's your pick as well i think so
0: i think the only other one i would nominate is justin street like Niles, that was my other pick Niles, Niles, Niles doesn't Niles. get a, a lot of screen time but he is just going for it
1: Did <laughs> he just throw that ball in the parking lot <laughs> glenn Powell's like what the fuck <laughs> you play any sports in high school
2: no, we didn't even have any sports, no. 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 But it's the same thing that you're saying with the performing arts. Mm-hmm. Everybody here was the best in their high school, got the lead in every play, and now we're just gonna be hoping to get cast in anything. There's a lot of talent around.
1: Yeah. yeah where did you go to high school?
2: HSPVA. Which, although it sounds like a venereal disease...
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's actually high school for performing and visual arts.
1: I like the one in Fame?
2: Kind of. We weren't spontaneously performing in the streets in large groups or anything but we were so ridiculous like the theater kids would be hysterically crying in the bathroom stalls visual artists like anything they could find dancers and uh musical theater kids la 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 it was so fun i loved it yeah i loved it and it was a, a great place to be able to cultivate the thing that you loved most in life you know
0: okay annie potts x factor award supporting actor or actress that is the most memorable
1: okay i feel like glenn powell counts here glenn powell counts
0: as supporting yes
1: so then it's it's a it's a landslide then okay I i don't i don't think i don't i mean there's the cast is great like uh tyra hecklin's great and all that and all that but i or, and white russell's great i was gonna say can, this is i feel like this Wyatt russell's
0: up in this in this in this part as well is it
1: is a two-man race of white russell and glenn powell it's it's white russell has less he has less he has less
0: to work with yeah
1: and he does a lot with it i will say that
0: yeah this i remember this came out around the same time as his episode of black mirror and it was that one two i don't even think like after i saw this one i was just like i don't even know that i put two and two together that he was kurt russell's kid and then that episode of Black Mirror came out and I was like, yo, this guy is great. And that's when I looked him up. He's like, oh, that's a guy from, from Everybody Wants Some. And then I was like, he's great. And then I looked him up. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's Kurt <laughs> Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid. He
1: was good. He was good. Uh, it was brief, but he was good in uh, Cold in July. Mm. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. I, I did not
0: see that one. I know you're yeah, a fan.
1: He, a big fan. But like he he's in it briefly. He he like, he like plays Sam Shepard's son mm. in the movie and he runs a uh, a video store but it's a front for like illegal activity. spoiler alert i guess i'm sorry um but he but they you they, realize it
0: um i think that i think the the first thing i ever actually saw him in looking back was this is 40 where he plays a hockey player so you know not a huge stretch for him
1: Now he yeah it's like you know it, it's like same with glenn powell when you look at it, it's like with with this is for you flirty hockey player is his credited name um I think Glenn Palak's a traitor number one in Dark Knight Rises. Same as that year, he's in Twenty Two Jump Street.
0: Yes, yes, he he yes. is. The, he he and and Channing Tatum have like a bromance in that one.
1: Yeah, that was probably the first time I probably saw, but I I probably didn't like clock him. As I definitely like, didn't
0: clock him as Kurt Russell's yeah, kid in that. Yeah, no. But big fan, big fan of uh, of of his work. Um, so but yes it's glenn powell i'm sorry it's
1: powell. yeah yeah i'm, so, yeah, I'm so, I, 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 we can talk about white russell for it like he's fantastic like i love his conversation when he's like doing the bong hits and talking about music and the progressions and kind of a very link later discussion of like finding this the the stuff within the framework or yes. whatever i think to make i think
0: I, I think every review i read for this movie like quotes that up. as like yeah. that's what and that's what Linklater does like, he
1: loves doing. That. He loves putting that in movies where, like, you, he doesn't mean Orson Welles, where he takes a scene and, like, basically comments on his own work by his style and how his style is like derided by people. But that's what makes it kind of art in some way, mm-hmm. I guess. It's the progressions, man. It's the <laughs> it's the this and that. But no, I Glenn Powell. I think Glenn Powell. It's like he, like he's he steals the show. Like in. every scene he is in, he. It's like, it's like a spotlight just automatically goes to him. Yep. Every scene. There's, every there's
0: only a handful of people who can be kind of this charismatic. And, and I think I've, I've, I've compared his performance in this movie a lot when I'm kind of pitching it to people to early Bill Murray, like Bill Murray, yeah. when you, when you watch meatballs, you know, if you were, if you were just seeing if meatballs was where you saw Bill Murray for the first time, you're just like, like how, how can this guy be this likable? in this movie with like not that much to work with. I mean, obviously Finn, as we said, Finn is kind of the best written character in the movie, but still it's, it's, it's performance as well. And, and, and like we said, with the rehearsal process, it's, it's Glenn Powell going into the character. Five bucks says we never see him again. Nice. He's got to come back for shit. It's a bad bet. This is why you're losing money all the time. A good bet would be, I don't know, uh, is his girlfriend in his family tree? Okay, five bucks that his girlfriend's in this family tree. Okay, uh, What first uh, cousin, second cousin. First cousin, Finn. See, it's a bad bet. Uh, I'll take the bet. Still bad odds. What, first cousin? And so, with our Gene Hackman MVP award, we've got the person who carries the movie, the director, actor, et
1: I mean, Is it also Glenn Powell here? That's the question. <laughs> I, that's why uh, I was a little that's, surprised that's you brought him up
0: for the <laughs> Annie Potts. <laughs> When you were like, when, when in my mind, when you were like, yeah, it's Glenn Powell for Annie Potts, I was like, ah, I was gonna give it to Wyatt Russell so I can give uh, Glenn Powell the I, MVP I think award, g- but
1: but I think you can give an award to P. I can get you can get a, one person get an award two times. Okay, this might be the first. I think we've made done it once before, but it's, it's a rarity. But that's just how good he is in this movie.
0: Yeah, obviously Linklater's up for this. This, this, you know, the the voice of this movie is his. The the feeling. Of this movie is is undeniably him but but yeah it's just it's it it is just one of those performances if you haven't seen this movie yet hopefully we've sold you on glenn powell alone (laughs) but it's just like every time he's on screen you're just like yes
1: in every scene it's like i love again i love his top hat and pipe when he's like this is amazing (laughs) when he's in the theater part when he's in the theater party um again my
0: astrology sign says i'm going to make a great father one day
1: No, it's just every it's it's yeah it's the country scene and or, or when they're in the punk when they're in the in the punk rock guy's house and they're just like well we got a party or whatever and then just they all cut to him he's like let's go like, he's just <laughs> like let's do it yep. let's go to the concert <laughs> he's just so like game for everything um, yeah I'm yeah I, I mean I feel bad not giving uh, any pots to White Russell but I feel like it's it's like for a supporting actor to be so like memorable like because i i know it's on but i i feel like uh blake jenner is the lead is yeah. the thing so you, yeah. you can't you can't say that glenn powell is the lead in this it's just he because the it's like it's one and then everyone's underneath essentially
0: Yep. Yeah. so we've got the Beatrice Trade award goes to zoe Deutsch. so zoe any potty's factor glenn powell gene hackman mvp award glenn powell it sounds to me like we've got a we're, set we're, it up episode coming up. soon
1: okay here's the thing i was watching because when i watched it set it up late at night after maverick i was just like i wanted this is no one seal this if this ever happens i'm gonna be pissed i would love to do a, a thin man remake mm. with them as nick and Nora charles
0: yeah like i just fantastic. want
1: i want to put them in movies together so much mm-hmm. like when you look like in another world, they have they should be making a movie a year together.
0: Yeah. If we if this was old Hollywood and they were both locked into contracts yeah. with some studio, yeah, they'd be in everything together.
1: Like I've seen a little bit of, like some of the TikToks lately pop up. So there's some TikToks that pop up of like scenes from Set It Up. And like there's that one, there was one, uh, a lady was just like, it's the pizza scene and set it up. And she's like, mm, that was me. I wouldn't be leaving. I wouldn't be leaving <laughs> that room if a man looked at me like that with a bunch of pizza right there, I wouldn't be leaving that room. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But they're they're just so two people, like just both so electric together Mm -hmm. is the thing. And comedic timing is amazing for both of them. So energetic. Like, it's just like you, I could watch them do anything together is the thing in film. It's just, it's, they're both fantastic. So yeah, I figured this was going to happen. I (laughs) figured it was going to happen. I wasn't for sure. But it did. You know, you know what?
0: If I had a prohibition against sleeping with all women who believed in astrology, I'd still be a virgin. All right, I'm being practical. <laughs> I'd rather die
1: a virgin than say my chart says I'll make a good father's.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just because you guys are laying bricks with the ladies, you know, I stepped up. I was talking her language. I was meeting her on her level. Instead
1: of making fun of me, you should be taking notes. Mm. Yeah. And by the way, she was really fucking cute. She was really fucking cute. Immature jerk-off. She just fucked up my whole rap. Coming around talking shit like that. You know what? You're little fucking little jealous asshole crab. Just... Pull me back in the boiling pot. Oh. Oh, come on. By the way, you know what? Have you noticed whenever we're around baseball,
0: all we talk about is pussy. Now we're actually around a few potentially interesting young women. All you talk about is baseball. It's a little fucked up. So now that we've shouted out the cast, let's recast them. Uh, okay. If this was, so my, my pitch was, if this was made directly after Days Confused. Okay. And, and you've got Linklater in his 90s you know, casting out of the, the, the nineties indie crowd. Who, who do you have in this?
1: So I have have the after days and confused cast. I also have an eighties cast. If oh, you cool. want an eighties cast too, because yeah, I did we, that one first. we will take both. Okay. So I have more for, uh, the days and confused cast. Okay. So for Buter, they're not in days and confused, but I'm picking people who are in link there movies around yeah. this period. Steve Zahn for
0: Buter. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> of course, you have got Steve Zahn. <laughs> Should have known.
1: I was like, "Who could play a great redneck?" Is the thing, and I'm like, I think Steve Zahn could do it. I think mm-hmm. he could do it here. I think he has a similar look with this guy at this point in time. Um, for Tyrone. Is it Sasha Jensen who's the guy, it's the, mm-hmm. the guy who doesn't really do as much yeah. after Days of Confuse? I love Sasha
0: Jensen. And, yeah. I
1: think he'd be great as the Tyrone guy of just like kind of just always in a constant hungover state, it feels like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he'd be fantastic. Um, I didn't have a Dale for this one, but I had a Dale for the 80s version. For Dale, I had Eddie Murphy for the oh. 80s version. He's in his early 20s. Everyone forgets that Eddie Murphy is yep. so damn young when he gets big. Yep. But I was like, I think Eddie Murphy would be a good Dale. Um, Willoughby. I think this was the easy one for 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 post Days and Confused. Hmm. It's it's McConaughey. It's McConaughey. Yeah, it has to be McConaughey. Yeah.
0: There's in that in that kind of roundtable interview with all the guys, they were asking them. They were like, you know, are are you fans of Days and Confused? Like, what characters? People have talked about this as like the sequel to Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. Like, what characters do you see carrying over? And everybody was like, oh, like wooderson would have become willoughby like, yeah Will- Will- even be, down to sure. the point where he's like too old to be hanging out with the people yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the thing it's it's such a kind of connection to those two movies uh willoughby in the 80s version okay this was a, this is the most difficult one to cast i'll give you two people and, and the age part was the hard part so mm-hmm. these are a little bit older and some are a little bit younger but could play older sean penn okay yeah like post Fast Times, around Fast Times era, Sean mm-hmm. Penn, a little older, kind of a kind of a pothead, or whatever. The one that's probably too old, but I was thinking Night Shift, and that's Michael Keaton, Okay. of, being, of, of like Michael Keaton type mm-hmm. era, early com- comedy, Mount Keaton playing Willoughby.
0: I'm gonna try and that slide was, Kurt Russell in there.
1: I thought about, but I didn't know if he'd be too too old. Yeah, I thought yeah. about doing Kurt Russell for be that too one. Old. I think he'd be too old, and like couldn't pat. I think it's like a year late, like and like because I was looking at like mid '80s. Like, he's doing Big Trouble in Little China. I think he's already done the thing. He's already done Escape from New York. Mm -hmm. He's already kind of out out of the college age uh, era. All right, McReynolds. Uh, So, I think the easy choice for McReynolds is Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. I'm amazing confused. I think the easy choice is Ben Affleck. I think he works. I think the better choice is Cole Hauser. Okay. I think Cole Hauser can be a tad bit more intimidating than mm-hmm. Affleck could at this period in time because he's he's a redheaded guy. Mm-hmm. He, he's just kind of, he's a little bit more mature, is the thing. It feels like than say Affleck's character in Days and Confused. Right, and I think Cole Hauser could be. and He's great in Yellowstone. He's in that kind of he's 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 in Yellowstone now. Um, I I think he'd be fantastic for that. Um, McReynolds in eighties version. Mm-hmm. I have John Stamos. Okay. As McReynolds. Or Josh Brolin.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I think either of those works well.
0: Mm-hmm. Works Absolutely.
1: Well. Um for Finn in we'll do Finn in the eighties version real quick and then we'll go to the, to Days and Confused. Post Days or nineties version. Uh Finn in the eighties. Okay. So I had my first pick, Michael J. Fox. A little iffy, I know. Mm-hmm. I think the one that's going to win you over is Val Kilmer. Yes. Like Val Kilmer. When you, real when you told me you act. wanted
0: to do it for the eighties, I was like, Oh, it's because he wants Val Kilmer to be Finn.
1: I didn't plan it that way. It just happened. But Val <laughs> Kilmer for Finn.
0: But yes, I I think that isn't Val Kilmer in, um, uh, uh, pure genius. Real genius. Yeah. Yeah. Val Kilmer in real genius is one of those kind of same Sweet. kind of like meatball yeah. hall of fame. Like, just immediately electric on screen yeah. uh but yes okay, absolutely
1: yeah. uh for finn in 90s i have ethan hawk oh man yeah because <laughs> i think he can play the philosophical like poet part mm-hmm. but he also is funny like ethan hawk is funny yeah so i think he could play the the other i think he could be like the kind of ranting he, I, he, I see him being the guy at the theater party being like you keep pulling me back in to the to the like i'm a crab you 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 asshole crabs pulling me back into the pot yeah i i think i think he could easily say that um okay so beverly beverly in the 80s version had three people for this so i'll give you all three easy one leah thompson yes zoe deutsch's mom um i put demi moore down in this period of time Mm. like st elmo's fire era demi moore uh, and then Ali Sheedy. Mhm. Thoughts on one of those three? Who are you leaning towards?
0: I would go Leah Thompson, but okay, I think <laughs> Demi would be great.
1: Okay, I think they're all good, but we'll, we'll stick with Leah Thompson. We'll 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 keep it that way. Uh, for the '90s version, Beverly, I have Joey Lauren Adams for Beverly.
0: Okay. I I thought
1: about Parker Posey.
0: I I just always want more Parker Posey in everything. I was thinking. You mean Parker Posey?
1: Okay, let's go. We'll go Parker Posey. I love
0: Parker Posey. Oh my God. I'll take her in absolutely anything.
1: Have you seen the movie Party Girl that she's in in the Mm -hmm. 90s? It's fantastic. She's fantastic.
0: I've recently, somebody, somebody, I've been watching a lot of TikTok this week because I've been (laughs) sick, as we discussed last week. Um, But somebody posted (laughs) the scene from Waiting for Guffman. And she's like, I could always go back to the, like to the, Dare, the Dare, Queen. Dare Queen. And the <laughs> caption was something like, Gen Z theater kids. I, I hope you know what this is from. Because if not, you have to watch this movie right now. And like, so many oh, yeah, kids so in the comments crazy. were like, no, what is this? And everybody was like, go watch Waiting for Guffman right now.
1: Everyone who's ever been in community theater, any type of theater at all, on a lower level, a local level, will understand that. We'll, will relate to that movie wholeheartedly. Um, all right, for Jake we'll go days confused when it's kind of the, post days confused kind of easy one. it's jason london
0: oh you're not going wiley wiggins
1: <sighs> no i'm not going wiley wiggins i'm sorry I'm, no offense to wiley wiggins i'm not going wiley wiggins
0: i was joking <laughs> for people not listening or, i mean for people listening i don't want you to think like oh my god he wants wiley wiggins
1: no i, I mean no offense to wiley Wiggins but it's jason london i yes. think that's the easy easy like you could see pink go from like yeah showing up to college after this and be hey. like oh th- these could be my glory days yeah. or whatever
0: <laughs> oh i was the quarterback in my high school it's like all right cool yeah uh yeah there's four quarterbacks now like
1: yeah oh you're a pitcher too son of a <laughs> um and then jake for the 80s version i had john cusack
0: nice Bringing it back to last week. Pretty Look at last, that.
1: Yeah, last week. I think both these casts are pretty damn good yeah, in my opinion. I agree. Like next thing you know, we have to do a two thousands version of it. It's going Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants some for the ages is what it would be. Mm-hmm. It's all these different decades of what the cast would be. Let's just so, let's
0: yeah. just start doing. Linklater should do a movie about what it what it was like to go to college for every every, every decade.
1: decade. Every decade.
0: I mean. Love it. All right, uh, does this fit with any other genres other than summer film?
1: So I think it fits into coming of age a little bit. I think it goes into there. It's it's not as much as say stand by me. It's not as because the plot is say not there's no plot for one. Mm-hmm. Um there's story, there's no plot. That's the whole discussion. Um but the 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 arc might not be as strong for for Jake, but you 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 get it. Like he, yeah. he's 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 different than these guys and he's learning from from uh Finn he's learning from Willoughby and probably to an extent probably learning from uh McReynolds as well I think McReynolds is kind of he shows him like look if you're gonna make it in baseball you have to be as good as me in a way Mm -hmm. like it's like it's kind of like I think Jake comes in think again it's the conversation with with uh with Beverly where he's like he realizes like oh everyone was the best person on their team when they before they came here now mm-hmm. we're in just a, a pool of all these great players and he realized like the the separation between say him and McReynolds is very big and he realizes that we're like he throws his best stuff to mc and it's just like he he, he yeah. gets a double pretty yeah. easily well, it's um, just
0: it's a it's a different perspective as far as like college movies go you know there's yes, a lot of stuff about books. like at the end of college and like what have yes. I done with the last four years and is my yeah. major going to pay off? And, and, and not, not a lot of movies have been in this like first weekend of just like, yeah. who am I going to be like this? This is all ahead of me. It's, it's all, it's all laid out in front of me. And, and right now is when I get to, to set the tempo for it. Uh,
1: and and the question is since a college you have coming of age, is it a baseball movie?
0: I, I'm yeah. I mean, I think it's an it has organized a baseball it's, sequence. It's a sports. Yeah. It is a sports movie in the in the fact of like what does it mean to be a teammate? What does it mean to that's be true. a competitor? out there? and and yeah. I, I think I think in the sense of like I think I think Ron Shelton would enjoy this movie. You know, and it, it, it's it is not your traditional like that's true it's not your traditional like underdog story and we're going to win finals, but it is about the nature of being an athlete.
1: Yeah. Cause we never find out if they're like a good team. Yeah. like that's the thing. It's like, we're, like, we're going to win it all this year. And you're like, what are they going to win? Yeah. Like- cool.
0: <laughs> but, but you know, much in the sense that that something like Paul Durham is about, you know, what does it mean to be an athlete towards the end of your career? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and and how does that translate to personal relationships um and, and that's 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 a more of the questions that link is interested in exploring here not like can we win the big game
1: yeah or even, even it's like blue chip stuff that that be an off season like mm-hmm. this is the off season for baseball because at one point uh when he's talking when when jake's talking to beverly she's like oh like are you guys not in season he's like oh yeah we don't start till the spring but we have a long kind of schedule before then yeah. and you're like Oh, this is like what a, did she
0: say? Are you guys in rehearsals right her, now?
1: Wait, how long are you guys in rehearsals yeah. for or whatever? And, and it's like, uh so funny. So sweet. So true. So, I'm sure She's I'm so, sure they didn't have so sports sorry, at so her. So charming.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they didn't have sports at her performing arts performing high school. Arts
1: school. Yeah. Didn't happen.
0: All right. So, how does this fit specifically within the summer genre?
1: Well, I, I said earlier how a lot of these films can feel like it's the filmmaker looking back on a specific point in their life. If it's, if it's the Richard Dreyfus character, like sometimes more overt and kind of uh, direct, with, say, Richard Dreyfus being the narrator for Stand By Me or the narrator in Sandlot or whatever, um, or narrator in Summer of 42. It, it, this is more indirect with the filmmaker kind of being the narrator. Mm-hmm. And so you get a sense of authenticity, as I said, but you get a sense of autobiographical nature to the film um, that the summer movies kind of have I've, I've noticed these these past few watches with things um i think you also have that coming of age thing where it's again you have this growth with this character in some way where they're figuring out who they are um and you're also kind of having the end of summer like days in mm-hmm. a way that, that stand by me had and it's just it's a warm movie that there's the movie's full of warmth which is what a lot of these summer movies have both in tone of like visual look but also in its story
0: i um you know it's interesting i read a comment on one of the reviews um that we that we covered for this one i think it was a.a dowd's review
1: yeah
0: where somebody commented and they were like i didn't like that there was no plot it didn't really go anywhere especially with that ticking time clock leading us towards the first day of classes i was like i think that's such a it's such a weird way to view it, it it's you yeah. know i didn't view it as this like mission impossible countdown to like classes start and it's like you know
1: well it's the end of freedom for them yeah the yeah thing.
0: yeah and it and it i think it's it's more marking how like crazy time moves in this you know when, when when he pulls up to the house and it's like it's thursday there's three days and and you know 10 hours until school starts I, in my mind i'm like oh, that's not enough time to, like, oh, yeah. he's just going to unpack and, like, register for classes, and that's it, and then he proceeds to have, like, a life-changing weekend, and you're like, oh, yeah, that that is how time moved when you were that age, like, that yeah, that, age, that yeah. could happen.
1: <laughs> Things could wait is the thing, yeah. and you could, you, it's, oh, it's like, you have that moment where, like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna unpack, and Dale's like, no, 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 you're, you're here, you're going to yeah. party, is what it is, like, you're not unpacking. You'll unpack when you get back or whatever, like, there's no need to unpack and everything. My thing with Linklayer is, like, if you either love his his non-use of plot
0: <laughs>
1: or you don't mm-hmm. but he he did a great thing it was on criterion of like a short film where like he was it's kind of like his his kind of working process can't remember what it's called um uh but it's uh it's um um uh, another day at the office this kind of bit where it's like you're seeing how I like he's on a phone with some studio people they're like oh yeah like i want you to lean more into this he's like oh yeah i wish like used to be like the the, 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 the the go-to term was like there's not enough stakes or whatever I wish I missed that and that's what like it feels like people kind of criticize're like oh you need stakes here you need a plot here what's mm-hmm. going how are you from point A to point B but, like it doesn't matter and so you're either with it or you're against it I'm with it
0: I am um, we, we, we've had this discussion of link later before I may have brought it up on the mm-hmm. podcast last time but link later to me feels like the most unpretentious indie film can get. Yeah, it's like he's he is not trying to prove anything. It's just like this guy. He's like, this is how I think about time. This is this is how I think about life. And I'm just gonna try and put it up there. And and it's not. He's he's. I don't ever feel like, and not in a bad way. Like I don't ever feel like he's trying to challenge you to like get to my level, like see the world the way I see it. He's trying to communicate with us, and and it comes through so beautifully sometimes. And I and I just think this one specifically is is. Like, it's just so unique to have, like, a Richard Linklater sex comedy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also, the the thing we talk about time, it's like, we talk about time in terms of the genre of cinema, but also time is a big theme for Linklater as a whole. Yeah. As we talked about, it's like, all of his movies are kind of obsessed with the passage of time and how quick or how slow it might be. Um, If it's boyhood, if it's before the before before series, if it's... um, even something like a scanner darkly or something or, or waking life um, time is, is always our suburbia. Even time is always kind of a factor in some way with this in the passage of time.
0: Well, there you go. There you have it.
1: Is that it on everybody wants some? I think
0: we, we got all of, we didn't just get some, we got all of it.
1: We got all of it. Don't we'll cover this probably in like another two years when yeah. we can bring yeah. We'll we can have, I'll it have up more up. thoughts we'll 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 bring a cast reunion and stuff on here and every it'll be no we, I don't i'll, know, we'll I'll, I'll
0: try and pull some strings see if i can get pull some str- oh man, dude uh, yeah we can,
1: you can probably get another one too you can yeah. probably get another one too yeah. there's no, we, we can't do yeah we'll
0: keep that we can one get a duo. we're keeping some few aces up our sleeves
1: yeah yeah for, for later when we're getting big um but uh but next episode we're talking again the summer month we're talking about the sandlot so stay tuned for that be sure to watch it if you can and also be sure to watch the movies that we're talking about. We love to hear what you guys think about the movies we're covering. Um, love them, hate them, all that, all that jazz. Um, but yeah, but that's all we have for this episode. If you have any questions for Thomas and, or me, uh, feel free to contact us at sinnationpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, or even kind words would be great. And if you're a new listener or if you're a fan of the show and for some reason you haven't subscribed to us, be sure to do so. Uh, Sin Nation Podcast. You can stay updated on all of our new episodes. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. Just subscribe to us. It's great. We appreciate it. Uh, and if you haven't already, be sure to write us a review on your preferred podcast platform.
0: We talked a lot today about, you know, deciding who you want to be, finding your identity. And I hope that all of you find that your identity is, is the type of person who leaves a review for podcasts that you're passionate about. I think that's a great type of person to be. Don't be an angry little crab.
1: (laughs) I always love to see what you're going to pull out for this ending part, Thomas. Yeah. Be a part of the Sin Nation podcast team. Be a member of us. Be a Mm -hmm. member of the team. Give us a review. Uh, Five stars would be great. We appreciate it. We want to hear your thoughts and if you're loving the show and that helps other people discover us in the process. The more you, the more you kind of promote us, the more you kind of mention us online the more people come and find us. It's great. We appreciate your, your your help in this. And finally, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thomas, as always, thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And thank you all for listening. Hope you listen to my episodes soon. Bye.